pasuk at the beginning of the parsha tells us about the discussion between Para and the midwives. And it says, Para called the midwives, and he says to them, when you go to deliver the babies and you see that it's a boy, you should kill him. And if it's a girl, then you should let her live. The midwives didn't obey Para. On the contrary, they helped the boys live as well. And I look at the fascinating pasuk. The pasuk says, Para calls back the midwives. And he says to them, Why did you let the boys live? Why did he disobey me? And the midwives answer. And they say, you should know that the Egyptian women and the Jewish women are very different. Jewish women, they don't need midwives. Before we arrive, they've already given birth. That's a story that the Torah tells us. And I want to ask you a question. Pare wasn't a pussycat. Pare was a powerful ruler. And Pare had no problem punishing people. The Midrash tells us he used to bathe in the blood of 150 children he killed every day. Pare was even willing to kill, so to speak, Moshe who was a prince in his palace. And here are two ladies who have ignored and disobeyed a direct command from the king. And Pharaoh does nothing. Not only does he do nothing, normally when the Torah wants to use the language of anger, it says, Vayedabe. And over here, Pharaoh doesn't yell at them. Rather, Pharaoh Vayomeh. Vayomeh Pharaoh doesn't yell this. Pharaoh politely inquired why they didn't listen to him. My dear, why? Why didn't you explain to me? I'm trying to understand why you didn't listen to me. That's not the way we expect the parrot to talk. And my second question. And that is, if it was indeed the case that Jewish women gave birth before the midwives arrived, then why were they midwives? Yes, Chazal said they cared for the babies, so call them nurses. Miyaldos means midwives, people who help the baby be born. And if the Jewish women didn't need midwives, then what, what were they doing exactly? And another question. When Pari called them the first time, and he told them what he wanted them to do, they should have given this answer then. They should have said, Pari, we can't do this. We're not midwives. Why was it only the second time when he was reprimanding them as it were? For not obeying him, that's when they came up with this excuse. Something difficult to understand. I'll ask another question. At the end of the Pasha, Moshe and Aaron come on Hashem's instruction to warn Pari, let the Jewish people go to serve me, or you're going to be punished. Para doesn't take kindly to the threat. And Para's response, Jewish people, you're lazy. You have too much free time on your hands to think about rebellion, to think about escape. I'm going to make you work harder. I'm going to take away your straw and you're going to have to work doubly hard to find straw. 
and lashes out against the Jewish people. But the question is, what about the ones who were the ones who delivered the threat? Moshe and Aaron themselves. Moshe and doesn't do anything to them. Not just now, in the future as well. Moshe and Aaron come, they deliver instructions, they deliver threats, warnings, plagues. And right till the very end, when the last plague had been already threatened, then Paris said, never come and see me again. Until then, Paris doesn't threaten the thing. Why? So Rabbi said there's a big principle we can learn over here. And it applies not just to the parish, but to many areas in life as well. Let's start with the story. It's a well-known story, but it teaches us a lesson. One time, there were those people who framed the Vilnagon to the secular authority. And as a result, the Vilnagon was going to fight. The Vilnagon was somebody who spent every waking moment learning, and therefore his students and his Kabayim decided they're going to be the ones to present him to the courts. So on the day of the trial, they go to the judges, and they try and represent the Vilnagon, and the judge is not interested. The Vilnagon has to come in person and represent himself. These are serious accusations against him. So, just, so they go back to the Vilnagon's house and they escort him to the courtroom. The Vilnagon enters the courtroom. The non-Jewish judges look at him and are overcome with trembling, with fear. And they say there must be a mistake. This man is holy, he's innocent. And on the spot they acquits him of all charges. And on the way home, the students ask him, what happened, Rabbeinu, that caused these non-Jewish judges straight away to be convinced of their innocence? And the Vilkan answered, it's a Pasuk. And the Pasuk says, Baro kal All the nations of the world will see that Hashem's name is upon you. And therefore they'll fear you. That's a symbol of the Yeris Hashem that's on a Jewish person and causes the world to fear him. The students ask the second question too. They wanted to know why this didn't apply to them. That perhaps the Holy God couldn't answer that. But the side is because if a person themselves has fear of Hashem. And that becomes evident on their features and causes other people to fear them. So when the nations of the world see they see your fear of Hashem, then the result is going to be they sense that fear. Why is this so? How does it work? Let's see this description brought in the Pasuk as well. The Pasuk tells us about the experience of the non-Jewish kings who had heard about the Beis HaMikdash. They heard about its splendor, they heard about its wealth, and they came to visit. They were tourists. They wanted to see. The Malachim gathered, they came joining together to visit the Beis HaMikdash. 
and they stood upon the hills around Yerushalayim and they gazed and they beheld the beauty of the Beis HaMikdash. And what effect did it have on them? Says the Pasuk in Tehidim, Hey Moro, they saw, Tamor, they were amazed. Nivhalu, they were shocked. Nechpozu, they were in fear. They were overcome by trembling. That's not the expectation, expected reaction we would have imagined. They weren't being attacked. They weren't being threatened. There were many witnesses to the Vesemigdash in operation. Why would that be something which would have such an extreme reaction? They should be overcome by fear, by trembling. What are they afraid of? And the answer is the same principle we said before. They were afraid because in the base of Migdash they were witness to Yerushalayim. They were afraid because they saw the Kohenim serving Hashem with Yerah. And that feeling of Yerah inspired fear in them. Why? That's the first thing we learn. The Koyach of a person is Yerushalayim that it makes other people that it brings that sense of Yerah to other people too. But how does it work? The Ramak, Moshe Katavira tells us what you said. And that is, there's a certain fear everyone has. Every person has. A person is human, a person is limited, and therefore there's that thing that a person is afraid of. It doesn't make a difference who the person is. It can be a simple person, it can be a mighty pharaoh. But there's something which a person, by, by virtue of being a person, there are those things which are out of his control. There are those things which are beyond his ability to, beyond his ability to do. And therefore, there's that area where a person doesn't feel in control. And as a result, they're afraid. Be it sickness, be it enemies, be it death. A person knows his limitations. And what's beyond his ability to control is a place where a person feels fear. The difference is, is a person afraid of a thing, an occurrence, an object, a lion, a terrorist, or is that starting point of a person rooted in Emunah? And that is, Hashem decides if the lion, if the terrorist, if the sickness is going to affect somebody. And therefore that fear is directed to Hashem. When you have a person who is a Yerushalayim, so instead of fearing other things, That's focused on HaKadosh Baruch The person who fears Hashem knows that everything depends, comes from Him, depends on Him, is decided by Him. And if I don't have to fear the effect, I have to fear the source. That's Yerushalayim. But at the same time, 
Yerushimayim gives a person tremendous strength. Because if they fear Hashem, then there's nothing else to fear. Hashem leave in era. There's nothing else to fear. And what's more? And that's the principle we were talking about before. And that is when a person senses Yerushimayim in someone else. So, one senses a strength that Yerushimayim gives a person. That connection to something which is really in control. And in turn, a person who is confronted by Yerushimayim feels fear. When the Ame Aretz see, Kishem Hashem Nikro Alecho, Hashem's name, name is called on you, that you live with that sense of fear, of awareness that you're in the presence of Hashem, then they feel weak, they feel incompetent, they feel vulnerable. Because in the face of Yerushimayim, which is the true source of strength, they feel afraid. And yes, it could be the judge who can who can deliver the verdict. He's in the power position. That doesn't make a difference. Because when he feels the Yerushimayim, so he feels something stronger than him. We ask the question, why weren't the Midwives punished by Pari. Why didn't he respond with the brutality we would have expected from him? And the answer is in the Pasuk. The midwives feared Hashem. And if they feared Hashem, then Pari felt insecure when he was talking to them. Pari felt that fear of Yoromi Mecca. He was afraid of them. He asked them, just why didn't you obey me? And when they gave an excuse, he didn't argue, he didn't punish. And the same thing at the end of the Pasha. When Moshe and Aaron come confront Paran, the terrorist says, Hashem told them, go you and Aaron and the Zikna Yisrael. Well, where were the Zikna Yisrael? And the Midrash tells us that Moshe and Aaron marched off to the palace followed by the entourage of the Zikna Yisrael. And as they neared the palace, they could see the gates, they could see the guards in the distance. Their resolve failed. And one by one they slunk away. Until when it actually came to confronting Paris, it was only Moshe and Aaron. And Paris' response to the threat, I'm going to intensify the, 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 the so to speak, the burden of the Jewish people. And that Moshe and Aaron. Because Moshe and Aaron had Yerushalayim. And they weren't afraid of Pari. They were afraid of Hashem. And Pari beholds Moshe and Aaron. And he's afraid of them. He's too scared to touch them. He's too scared to threaten them. He's too scared to punish them. Rather, where is he going to exercise his frustration? Where is he going to let out his anger? On the Jewish people who are scared of him. On the Zikna Yisrael who were one willing to come stand in the palace. 
because they're afraid of him, Paroi. Those are the people Paroi can control. But the Moshe and Aaron, who have Yeras Hashem, and they're not scared of Paroi, it has the opposite effect. It makes Paroi scared of them. Let's look at another example of this principle. Yosef and the brothers. The brothers come down to Egypt. Yosef accuses them of being spies. He throws them all into jail. After three days, he takes them out. He takes them back, ties them up. He tells all the brothers, go. Don't come back without Benjamin. Yosef's acting the despotic ruler. But we're surprised by the conduct of the Shvatim. The Shvatim weren't scared people. The Shvatim weren't weak people. The Shvatim had no problem taking on cities and destroying them. And yet, there isn't the slightest peep of resistance where they all get thrown into jail. No one says a word when Shimon gets caught and locked up and left behind. And they come back to Eris Canaan and the whole discussion is the man said, we have to listen. The man said, we can't disobey. The man said, since when are the Shvatim such weaklings, such pushovers? If they felt it was wrong, let them stand up for themselves. And yet, you see that the way they relate to everything to do with Yosef was utter submission. Why is that? And the answer is, Yosef said himself, when he wanted to incarcerate Shimon, Yosef said, I'm not scared of you. I'm scared of Hashem. That's all. And that was true. Yosef was a Yerushimai. They were afraid of him. They were afraid of him. That's really a tremendous suicide. Let's go one step further. What did the Meyaldas say to Paro? They said the Jewish people don't even yell this. They give birth before we arrive. And we ask the question, you called yourself Meyaldas? So what do you do exactly? And we ask another question. If the Jewish people had, the Jewish women had the word like that, so why didn't Jehovah's and Shifra say that, and Miriam say it the first time around? When Paro gave them the instruction. There's something very deep here, Rabbi Say. We saw before, a person who's not afraid of Hashem is afraid of something else, regardless of who the person is. There's something which is it's not in his control, and that's what he's afraid of. What was Pari afraid of? The Apostle tells us, we don't have to guess. Pari was afraid of the expansion of the Jewish people. And the more Pari tried to oppress him, the more they increased. Like the Midrash says, Pari said, Hovind is chakmulay pen yirbe. And Hashem said, you said pen yirbe, lest they increase. You're trying to make plans to stop them increasing. I'm going to say ken yirbe, they are going to increase. And the more Pari tried to suppress them, the more they grew. And Pari felt this growing dread of the strength of the Jewish people. 
That's what Pyro was afraid of. Pyro wanted to kill all the boys. Why? Because he, felt, he heard from the stargazers. The one of them is going to be the one who's going to topple your monarchy. Is going to destroy your kingdom. Yes, Pyro has a lot to be afraid of. Even if he's a Pyro. And what did the Mayalda say to him? When he asks him, why didn't you obey me? Why didn't you kill the boys? They say to him, Paroi, your decree backfired. We used to be Mialdos. We used to be needed as midwives to come and help the Jewish women give birth. But since your decree, they've gotten stronger. Since your decree, they've become Chayos. They give birth without us. You caused this by decreeing that we should kill the babies. It had the opposite effect. Now they don't need us anymore. They give birth on their own. And that was exactly the point Pyro was, what made Pyro afraid. Exactly the fact that he felt that the more I tried to suppress them, the more they're going to become powerful. That's a tremendous chedesh. But I want to say one point further than that. The Torah is a very unusual language. Normally, when the Torah wants to talk about a person and gives them a name, it mentions their name. When the Torah wants to talk about someone just by giving them a title, it doesn't mention their name. Here we find an interesting mix. Pari called the two midwives, Asher, Shemu Achas Shifra, Vashemu Shani's Pua. The midwives, that the name of one of them was Shifra and the name of the other one was Pua. One thought just so simply. Pharaoh called the midwives Shifra and Pua. And besides which, that wasn't their names, as we know. It was Yechavid and Miriam. So why, why was the Torah giving them these nicknames? And the Gemara tells us there was a title for them. Shifra is Miloshin Shemeshaperis of that. They used to look after the children. Fix them up. Make them look more beautiful. And poor, she was poya. She used to calm them down. It was titles for them in their role of looking after children. So why is the Torah saying in such an unusual way? And I think the answer is, well, the Torah, they were originally the Mialdos. But they became called Shifra and Pur. Asher Shem Achas, that, that the name of the one later, not at that stage, that the name of the one was Shifra and the other one was Pur. Why? Exactly the reason we said. Because if the Jewish people don't need midwives anymore, then we're out of a job. Why are you still called Mialdos? Now, now I find a different job. We'll make the child beautiful, we'll calm them down, we'll help with the baby. There was a change. But they told Pyro, this is because of you, Pyro. Because you wanted to kill the babies, it made the Jewish mother stronger. Now they don't even yes as midwives. That was the point Pyro was afraid of. That's the Yisait. A person has Yerushimayim. A person is not afraid of anything else because he's afraid of Hashem. And he knows that everything else results from what Hashem wants. He's not afraid of a parry. 
and it works the other way around. Para is afraid of him or of her. Because someone on the outside can sense that you're a Shemai. And it makes people afraid of them. We talk about the greatness of Moshe. That Moshe is willing to stand up and confront Pari. He wasn't afraid like all the other Zikni Israel. Moshe inherited this quality from his mother. Who over 80 years before had done exactly the same thing. As the midwife, she had thought after Paro and wasn't afraid to disobey him. And Yochevet, she inherited it from her father Levi. Because when the Paro announced the volunteer operation of digging and building in Egypt and all the Jews streamed to be loyal to Paro, it was only the aged Levi who told his sons, you stay home. Don't get involved in this. And that's why Shevet Levi were never part of the Shibut, of the servitude. Because the mitzvah, which, so to speak, was passed down in the Kayach of the family. One last point. The Apostle tells us about the arrival of Mashiach. And it tells us that all the Goyish kings will come and bow down to him. Why? And the answer is because we got, the Prophet describes Mashiach as also having a tremendous level of Yeras Hashem. And because of that, the person is Yeras Hashem. The result is other people fear him. And therefore, just like the, the Goyish kings who met the base of Mikdash were overcome by fear, those Goyish kings of the future who will meet Moshiach will likewise be overcome by fear. It's the fear of coming into contact, into the presence of Yerushalayim. Because like we said before, the person who fears Hashem fears nothing else. And in the same way, the person who fears Hashem causes everybody else to be afraid of them.